0: Welcome to another episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast, Journeys of Descending into the Mysteries and Rising from the Roots. I am your host, Lisa Hillier, and today I have Sarah Lloyd on the show with me. Sarah Lloyd has been in the media and PR business for 23 years. She quit her global corporate role in 2017 in a bid to be a master of her own and to bring a better balance to her life leading her to create a more magical approach to publicity. An intuitive angel communicator and Reiki energy master herself, she specializes in working in flow, so has thrown the PR rule book out the window. Her mission is to teach and guide others to share their stories without fear on their terms. Specializing in her own brand of magic-based, conscious PR and communications, her alchemy strategy sessions help to ignite the fire within, acknowledge blocks, and help to transmute all that has held clients back from stepping up and sharing their mission and purpose. And she classes Hecate, Merlin and Mary Magdalene as her spiritual counsel and in March 2020 her book Connecting the Dots a guide to making magic with the media was published via the Unbound Press. In 2020 she became a judge in the annual Soul and Spirit Awards. Hmm. In this episode, Sarah and I dive into PR, leading with the soul, angels, rebuilding the village, and the magic of Merlin, Mary Magdalene, communing with the unseen. Can't wait to dive in. To start, Sarah, what is the journey that has led you to the work that you are offering the planet today? Oh well
1: first of all it's just so lovely to speak to you today and yeah just yeah what else can I say but um, what has led me to do the work that I do today so I guess so I'm a PR I work work in publicity if you want to call it in the 3D term Um, I help basically people share their vision their message their purpose with with more people essentially Um, I guess the old paradigm of way of looking at that would be to share stories through the media, through podcasts, through um, kind of other means of, of kind of amplifying your message. But what I feel is there's a real shift happening in that media landscape and we only have to look outside to, you know, talk about what's happening with COVID. There's been such a there's such a systems breakdown there um, and I feel like people like myself are stepping into a more heart led, more balanced approach of sharing messages, but also encouraging people to use, you know, up and coming platforms um, to share their message as well. So not just focusing on the mainstream, but actually widening their view of the world, I guess, and whether it's communities, new podcasts, new radio stations tv outlets etc it's just being open to using any kind of platform that feels in alignment rather than what we feel we should be doing does that make sense
0: mm-hmm. yeah it feels more soul-based Very as much opposed so. to ego driven yeah and was there a time and so Sarah and I met in Avalon for everybody listening. So that was 2017, wasn't it? The first time in Avalon. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I believe before Avalon, was it more the typical PR work that you were doing more how yeah. like the 3d, we're going to call it the 3d. Cause it feels like there's that big shift from the 3d into more intuitive led PR sharing stories that like soul alignment. So was there a moment on your path where it was like, something isn't working with this old paradigm. I need to shift into something new. What did that look like?
1: So just before, just to kind of give you a bit of a context before everything kind of cracked me open when I had my children so that was like so I've got an eight-year-old so eight years yeah eight years ago I had a uh, my daughter and then my second daughter came along um she's six so it, and, and she really nailed you know really cracked it open shall we say mm. yeah. um and what um what I mean by that what really kind of led me to that point is I i didn't appreciate that i was suffering with i mean i hate calling it postnatal depression i see it now i see it as a splintering of me um but at the time it was postnatal depression it was like here's some tablets off you pop um and if it wasn't tablets you were drinking to mask it as well and the point around this is that pr is very much about it's very um surface related so you know you you only knew a tiny bit of what you were sharing and it used to it used to irk me actually that I never knew the full story so it was always a very surface level kind of I could talk about things um but not with the depth that I wanted to um but anyway so it's quite a vacuous job um to start with in the 3d world it was very PR, PR was all about lunching and brunching and drinking champagne and it is exactly what you see in the tv shows it is very um, contrived it's very snipey very competitive a lot of women all stepping on each other's heads to get ahead Uh, but we're also what's really interesting about the pr industry is that we are the girls behind the scenes who are making other people look good so even though there's this backbiting business going on behind the scenes where they're trying to make our spokespeople look good or cover up any thing that we don't want to be shared or, you know, kind of managing that brand, that shininess that you see out there. And over the years it was really starting to irk me. It was really starting to feel, I feel uncomfortable. And then so sort of going back to the fact that I have my two kids um with this postnatal depression I kind of went on the path of well the pills weren't working um I was feeling very disconnected to my children they were still very young so I went to a Reiki healer Mm -hmm. and that's where basically I'd met um a vortex healer who helped shift some of the energy that I was carrying around the birth of the children but it also then opened me up to the possibility that But I connected with my angels essentially in that session and it then led me down the path of um, training to be a Reiki healer eventually now I'm a Reiki master Um, and the more I walked into that path more more I walked down that path of kind of the energy work the more I could see that the business I was in was so vacuous and so unfulfilling I, I feel I could feel that sort of splintering happening and then kind of when we met in Avalon that week I mean that was just it was one of those opportunities and I think you also had this too I just kind of I was reading Rebecca's books and I was thinking this is great I really want to I had just had the calling to go to Avalon need to be there Um, don't know why just didn't know why just needed to be there booked on got my place straight away and it was kind of first come, first serve, like 16 of us or something, I think, wasn't it? Mm. And um yeah, I just needed to be there. And I guess from that moment on, that that was my trajectory changed. So I continued to work in corporate for another, I don't know, another six to eight months, but essentially that was the, the point in time where things completely shifted. Um, yeah. So yeah long story short
0: <laughs> yeah no that's beautiful and so when it shifted did you go out on your own is that where the shift came in Where you
1: it's funny because in Avalon we were asked to write kind of a I think we were um, asked to put kind of our wishes out into the universe and my wish was to be a writer and to take what information I have or the the learnings that I had and apply it in a way that felt better Mm. and that basically is what's happened um so I went from Avalon in the June and then things really sped up I had a new boss he basically they promoted me so I was sitting there doing this new job but didn't really have much to do because um it was really bizarre so it was kind of it gave me a bit of space to really think about what I wanted to do so I was training with my Reiki and doing crystal healing mm-hmm. and doing all the things and um, uh, yeah about well, it was the October um, after we'd been in Avalon and basically my boss said look we we need to either shift you left into a different department but basically away from PR which I've been doing for like 20 odd years um, or we need to make you redundant and I just saw it as a gift it was like yeah. yeah no brainer I'm I'm off and what was really lovely is that the women that I met in Avalon um, three of them became my my first clients so there was still a bit of a bridging thing going on I still was doing a little bit of freelance work for some corporates, but. I was able to start to build up my business and really start to reimagine what I wanted to do with that business and how I wanted it to be. And I mean, I had some teething problems to start with, mainly because I was trying to um, replicate corporate work in a freelance environment. And then I've realized, actually, no, I just need to keep reimagining it and tuning it and not be afraid of um, the fact that I want to do it differently. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's like breaking free from the box. And I love that the universe made that happen for you with the redundancy, which we would call getting laid off in, yeah. um, in Canada, because that can, you know, when those moments happen, it can be like, oh my gosh, my life is falling apart. And then when we flip the perspective, it's like, what a freaking gift, like it wasn't feeling in alignment with my soul any, anymore, anyways. And now the universe has just sped that up yeah, and sorry. it's such a gift, but it can, it can feel <clears throat> a little different in the moment. I had a I have a friend where she got an eviction notice a year before she wanted to move out to this place and it just had to be like okay it's happening quicker than i had anticipated let's go for it so now that like let's go for it let's do it so that's exciting and terrifying when those moments happen
1: (laughs) it was i mean i was we were in last so my boss said right we we got these two options two choices and I could really see the the kind of the two paths. It's like you stay here and you be, you continue to be a nine to five slave, or you go here and you leap. Mm. And we were we were in, in Vegas, funnily enough, on our belated honeymoon. That kind of that after I'd got the news, and my husband's like, "Look, I'll support you wherever you decide," because obviously there's a big part of being in a partnership, making sure that we're both okay. Mm. Um, and we were going over the Grand Canyon and the pilot, he, he was, must have been about 60. And he was telling me a story. It was just like, it was like the universe was telling me, he said, you think that I've been flying this plane in the Grand Canyon for, you know, all my life. And we were kind of, well, yeah, he's like, do you know what? I was working in it until I was 45. And he said, and that's when he said I decided, no, it was a helicopter. He said, and that's when I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And I basically retrained and became a helicopter pilot. And I've owned and I've been flying into the canyon for a year now. And we were all like, I was like, yeah, you know, we can leap. It doesn't matter how old we are, we can still mm. take that leap. And it was really it felt quite kind of poignant at the time. And obviously yeah. going into the canyon and all that, of course, but um yeah I came up and that for me was like that's my decision made that is exactly what I need to do I need to fly that helicopter in the Grand Canyon that's what I need to do Mm. in my sense
0: yeah (laughs) oh I love that yeah we're never too old to just take those leaps and change and shift gears and pivot and create like a whole new paradigm for ourselves I think that's what the planet is asking of of us all at this time is like break free from that ego-driven system bound box and step into like this lights me the frick up like this is where my soul sings which yeah yeah, so beautiful Uh, with with the angels what does it look like connecting with the angels
1: so that's funny because i don't ever i see them out the corner of my eye shall we say and since the original connection with the angels that I had Archangel Michael was very present um in the Reiki healing journey that I went through and it's funny enough for <laughs> another story um when we went to Avalon um or was it the it might have been the retreat before so I held a I supported one of the ladies that we originally met on our Avalon retreat Elaine and um I was due to get down to Avalon to help her set up and get the venue ready and all those kinds of things. And for some reason, I think we were both in our push control kind of energy or well, certainly I was in my old, I need to get this done and I need to be there. And I need, and there was a lot of need chats going on in my head. And um, basically I got given an, another gift from the universe we were, I was driving down and my car suddenly decided to stop on the motorway and I like freaked out because I was going to be late so I pulled over and my husband luckily was working from home and I pulled into a local kind of pub and I started I went in and I spoke to the owner and he said sure I I know a mechanic his name is Michael (laughs) So this guy just came, this Michael came um turned up and he, bizarrely on his business card he had, like, um, wings, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, that's amazing. And, and basically all of this happened, kind of, I phoned Elaine and said, I'm not going to make it. She was like, it's fine, we'll just trust you'll get here when you do. Um, then the mechanic arrived, then my husband arrived, then the car was dealt with and we were back on the road. So literally it was kind of an hour slowed down by an hour and it just made me reevaluate. like it we don't need to break our necks to get places it you know mm. we do need to trust a little bit more into the universe and I guess he was a he was Michael in he was there to help me he you know and the car stayed with him in the garage and we picked it up afterwards and it was all I mean he couldn't really write it to be honest yeah. um and then you know I've had little times where things like that have happened um I've I started reconnecting again with um Archangel Raphael so he comes through in some of my healing but um yeah generally I feel I've got this I was working very much with the angels to start with but now I'm being asked and called to work with the earth a lot more and the fairies and Mm. kind of Hecate's just come through in the last kind of couple of weeks Um, so yeah, I'm I'm acquiring guides and they're shifting in and out all the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love the guides when they shift in and out. And when you were speaking about the car breaking down and that's so crazy that the man's name was Michael and working with Archangel Michael. But when we were in Avalon too, I forgot about it. When we were driving to Tintagel, the bus broke down as well. Do you remember when we were on Rebecca Campbell's retreat, the bus broke down. It was all like, oh, this is Merlin trickster energy as we were going to merlin's cave and (laughs) and then when we were in merlin's cave just the light energies the orbs and the pictures i remember you taking photos and just seeing all that light energy and then you were getting like um animal spirits that were with us and i remember you said there was an owl that was very present with me that just stood out so many years later how does merlin show up because merlin is um a guy that's been showing up for me lately. And I feel like he's doing a lot of magic and work on the planet at this time. How does he show up for you? Oh,
1: so, yeah. So obviously when we came out of the cave, I had, I was where I had orbs of St. Saint, Je- Saint Germain, which I think mm-hmm. is also connected to Merlin. Yeah. So I, I, that pink, I think it was a pink orb that was with us. And every time I'm in Avalon, I feel him. And it's often when I'm on retreat, like I was trying to do some work, some 3D work while I was on retreat. And every time I tried, it was almost like Merlin was like, nope, the computer stopped working or the email didn't go. Or, you know, it was basically I was getting these messages that I needed to just stop and be in the moment. So it was much more kind of around technology and stopping me from doing the stuff that I was trying to do and force through. So I don't get it so much, but with, with him, he's definitely come through. um, So some guidance that I've received recently is um, just before Christmas, I got this massive urge, this overwhelming urge to go to Sherwood forest Mm -hmm. and, which is um, further up England, it's the the legend of Maid Marian and Robin Hood, which I've also read about Robin Hood's energy is also like King Arthur's energy. It's also like that kind of um, uh, Jesus energy and Mary Magdalene energy. So I feel like it's that divine masculine feminine again. And I, I I'm fairly sure it's Merlin that's telling me to go and I, I don't know why I'm just getting this. You need to go, you need to be in the tree kind of he's he's quite when I hear him, he can be quite force fright but also quite funny. There's mm. like a, a a funny kind of dry edge to him.
0: <laughs> yeah. bringing the humor into it a little yeah. bit. How he shows yeah. up for me is he's always kind of like just like sitting there on the sidelines like waiting and watching kind of what it feels like for me is like he's waiting and watching till I get my shit together, literally and he's like I know she'll do it I'll know she'll do it like so patient. <laughs> and then finally I'll you know, get my shit together and he's like, Okay, here we are like we can move forward. <laughs> yeah. Almost like a very father yes. like energy. I know she'll be okay. She just does this every now and again. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's very much like that. It's come. It's the. I don't know if you've ever seen the film Bridget Jones. I just get the come the fuck on. <laughs> get on with it. <laughs> like I, you can imagine the eye roll as well. It's like yes, okay. I, I, I definitely with him. It's yes. uh, yeah,
0: yeah. So true, so true. And what it feels like for me when you're speaking about like merlin and how he shows up for you that like <clears throat> slowing down that really slowing down and just being in the present moment and i know one of the the projects that you're working on at this time is a book wake up mother and yeah. what it feels like for me is going from that very like hustle culture juggling all the balls like moms really have to have a lot of shit together you know like there's so much. My experience of it, I, I still am a mother, but she's 21. So I'm not a single mother anymore because she's 21, you know, she's doing her own thing, yeah, cool. but like doing the career, the job, babysitters, sports, all the things like it's, it's exhausting. Women are are carrying a lot of balls in our society at this time. And so that slowing down. So what is wake up mother? And what does that look like that shift?
1: It was, I think it sort of links back to what we were talking about at the beginning around the cracking open of me. Was kind of, I was a very different person before my children arrived. I was very, I was exactly what my job was. I was vacuous, I drank, I didn't care about anybody but myself. It was, it's, you know, very material, money driven. I was very masculine I was extremely masculine and it took me a few you know a couple of years to fall pregnant so I was hugely in my masculine energy and I think what cracked me open was that um and I think why the Avalon retreat was so poignant in my kind of shift was I had never been around a group of women that were not competing with each other and had never been in the, you know, I had never been in those situations where I just felt so held and nurtured and by the other women kind of, I think that's what was so powerful about that particular retreat is that we were all very connected as a group. And um, certainly I felt that massively and it was just completely alien to me um, to be in that kind of environment. And it was like a bit of a drug. I was like, I'm, de- I just desperately wanted more of that. And once you, I kind of open that floodgate, I, that's why I started kind of holding retreats of my own or supporting others to hold retreats. It became, I need to be in circles and I need to be held and I, need, and I want to help others hold each other. And I realized that the, the pattern over the last couple of years has always been around building these circles and, kind of the way that it all kind of links with the PR piece and the mother piece because with PR the clients that I attract I'm having to I not having to I nurture them support them in their journey to share their message because often the business owners or the entrepreneurs or the storytellers that I'm supporting are being put in an uncomfortable situation or they're you know when you step out and amplify your message it's pretty scary for some people because most of us like to work in our little comfort zones, but the minute you're kind of invited by the universe to step up and share, mm. it becomes again, that leap of faith, right? So I'm realizing with PR I'm kind of mothering and nurturing these clients. I was also with the kids and they came along. They're so very, very different. Um, as I was saying the splintering of myself like the old it was almost like okay here's an opportunity for you to leave behind the old version of yourself get rid of the things that don't resonate anymore and move forwards into this new person that you don't know who this person is Mm. Um, but stepping into a more feminine more nurturing kind of person um, it was huge and I think that Society today do not support women in those rites of passage. Like I had we went to a thing, we have this thing called the um, NCT in the UK, which is like the National Childcare Trust. And it's all about you meet up, you're pregnant, you meet for six weeks, they teach you how to give birth, and then bye. Mm. <laughs> and it's and it's kind of that thing they don't you know you get a social worker comes out are you going to kill yourself no okay great you're fine see ya kind of thing there's no support there's no community and the communities that you do forge we're kind there's no it's like the blind leading the blind a little bit and even then you're in a competitive situation because my baby's doing this and my baby's not doing that Um, And Mm. I think it's just a societal thing. And I think, I mean, at the time, I was like, I need to write about this. I was blogging about the kind of the negative stuff just as an outlet. But it kind of came back around through lockdown over the last two years where, you know, women have been put in impossible situations again where, you know, we're, in my case, luckily, I kind of made some life changes. I'm not working a nine to five job. I was able to be there for my kids, picking them up, dropping them off. And I mean, that was a big part of obviously me manifesting this new kind of life, this business that fitted around the family, which was so far removed from what I was doing, which was like working nine till like eight o'clock at night every night and just being a complete workhorse. So the shift for me was massive in that respect. But then also kind of the honouring of that energy where, we're holding space in business we're holding space for our kids we're creating all of that stuff is just not Mm. honored and I just you know it was this big kind of come on you need to write about this this is really important there are women out there that need to know that they're not alone Mm. and that's essentially what the book is about it's the right of I mean we've got people that are contributing that don't have children that are holding space in their businesses we've got people that have had children and been through the traumatic journey around the birth. Mm. We've also got people that are um, in already kind of in their not in their crone, but in their wise woman. And they are, yeah, children have grown up and, you know, they can see the patterns that they, you know, they can see the journey and kind of the next kind of rite of passage into grandmotherhood and all of that. And I feel like there's just none of this honoring and, it's just a reimagination, a celebration, and honouring a some way of capturing these stories that we've all kind of had a part of. Yeah. But also, um, yeah, just creating that community that I think certainly I crave um, that mm-hmm. connection that they've removed from. Certainly, over the last two years, I really felt that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, what's been great about being online is that we're building our connections and our friendships across oceans, right? So. Yeah,
0: yeah. it feels like that bringing back the village, you know, where women can allow other women to support us and that was such a pivotal moment with Avalon with Rebecca Campbell's retreat was I'd never been in such a healing space with women where alcohol wasn't involved, you know, usually you get in my experience, you know, before I became sober, it was like you get together with women, you all have some drinks and then you know what comes with all of that some really the truth
1: comes out yeah yeah
0: but there's not like that intimacy like this is how I feel this is what's showing up for me in a completely sober state I'd never experienced that and so Avalon was like these women are supporting me and holding me and that sisterhood wound was starting to be broken down you know stemming back from the witches hunts where women were turned against each other and that was so beautiful and People are shocked when I tell them about how many of us are still in contact. You know, what it, like we've stayed in contact all these years, so many of us from that retreat. And it was yeah. such a activation. I remember afterwards we all like planted a, a crystal, like obviously I did in Canada because I'm living in Canada, like in or, or different places around the globe. And I walked by it. I planted it at this, at this park. And it felt it, when I walked by it years later, it was like it activated my whole body it was so crazy. Wow. It was like, we had activated this grid of all of us around the globe. And I'm like, oh, that's so freaking powerful, you know? And yeah. that whole it like is. soul family, like we, yeah, yeah. It's like allowing those deep connections to take place and be supported while we're going through these rites of passages and learning, you know, I think the wisdom of the crone and our elders, that's been so cast aside on our planet where you know we don't listen to our grandmothers and the wisdom that they have like and it's so so important because they've lived such a life and to so to start to honor that and listen and be held in those spaces is just so so healing in itself for
1: sure and i also feel like there's that reciprocal thing as well that um i mean god i'm i'm uh mum of two kids that love Disney but there's a film called Encanto and it's all about the matriarch is the grandmother who doesn't listen and then the young girl so there's there's almost like that it's that meeting in the middle piece as well in the Mm. fact that we don't listen to the to the elders but then they don't listen to us so it's almost like there's this whole kind of we just all need to sit in circle and we all have wisdom to share yeah. And I feel like that's the that's the piece for me. Oh, I'm getting <laughs> just getting big shivers. <laughs> but that's the piece I feel like is. And I think as well, like as you were saying in the um, in the Avalon circle where we met, there were women who were all different ages, and we were all just honouring each other's wisdom. And I think that mm. we're we're just missing that massively in society. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just that honouring. And I feel like there's going to be more. I don't know. It feels so much bigger than a book. It feels like it's a shift and a community and whatever whatever we want it to be, really. So I'm kind of just holding the space and just seeing what dots connect. And, yeah, yeah there's a lot of magic already unfurling around, you know, the different types of people that are being kind of called to work or write their chapters, should we say but it's also the way that I'm approaching the book is slightly different to um, more like traditional books. These kinds of collaborations, they're normally chapters of kind of stories, but what I feel is that there's there's going to be some topics that we talk into and we'll kind of do that virtual circle of that weaving around that particular topic where everybody's wisdom is honoured. So I feel like there'll be some lovely weaving going through this book and maybe, um, on a, well, I'm hoping to create a podcast or something around it so that we can talk about it as well. I feel like that storytelling piece is so powerful.
0: Mm, Yeah. 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 The stories, they're like our, our legacy that we pass down through generations. Like there's so much wisdom in just sharing our stories and it's so beautiful. And it felt like that, like inviting everybody to sit at the table and share their wisdom, their lessons, everything that's come up. And it's, I think it's so important right now. It's like, we don't have to agree on every little thing. We don't have to agree, We, you know, just in life, like, you know, it, but, but right now it's like, if we don't agree on every little thing, well, you're not invited to the table. And it's like, no, we learn from each other's perspectives and learnings and just listening to other people and the knowledge that they have to share. And all of it is so allows for that like deeper layer of humanity to coexist together where it's yeah. not, well, you're not this, so I can't sit with you. You know, that, that very the right separate. Wrong. It feels yeah. like that's
1: shifting, doesn't it? It feels like, your yeah. okay, perspective is this, my perspective is this, but we still like each other. It's okay. Yeah, it's that huge. I felt that that was a big wound. Certainly I carried in the playground, if you like. And, um, it was almost like you don't agree with me I'm not being your friend anymore it's that thing and I feel like that's definitely I feel like there there's a there's a whole generation that are still carrying that kind of playground wound Mm. um you know you don't agree with me you're not sitting here type situation And I feel like there's so much we can do to try and break that down yeah I mean without getting into what's going on in the world out there but the you know the no jab the jab thing that's just happening out there isn't it the mask the no mask it's kind of there's they're trying to separate us or divide us and I feel like the way that we can make a stand and do you know be here for planet earth is to agree to disagree or just Mm. join each other in in love essentially um yeah so yeah powerful Mm. isn't
0: it it's so powerful (laughs) I love that it's like in each stand in our own truth and stand together in a beautiful interwoven circle that is so so healing for the planet as opposed to this separation and division so yeah that's that gives me goosebumps magic with um the witch's wound, So the sisterhood wound, you know, that's like, we're coming back to the village. We're trusting other women. We're allowing ourselves to be supported. We were never meant to do all of this on our own. You know, how does the witch wound show up with like clients that you work with people that you work with, and, and maybe even with yourself where it's like, we, we have this soul work. It's like, I'm putting it out there, I'm getting on stage. And then it's like, holy shit, no, I'm not, you know, that like sharing our stories, amplifying who we are, what are the core wounds that kind of show up that hold people back from standing yeah. fully in their light?
1: It's so interesting because um, I've got two kind of examples that that do play out quite regularly with, with clients in the fact that <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. so the first one is is kind of the blame game. So if something hasn't quite gone to plan, I become the scapegoat. I'm the one that's kind of, you know, it's my fault that that didn't go to plan and those dots didn't connect and it all kind of went a bit wonky. Whereas because they can't actively blame the journalist for doing it wrong they'll, they'll use the middle person. So, you know, we often get, or I often get kind of, kind of, uh, well, I'm not working with you anymore because you didn't do it right or something along those lines. But so there's that kind of wound that comes up. Um, So they're not taking responsibility for their own actions. They're not kind of meeting me halfway. They've kind of handed off the work and basically asked me to do it. But have removed all kind of responsibility or part mm. in that or energy in that play so and therefore you're then inviting them to blame you when it goes wrong <clears throat> so that's one thing and then the other thing is um when they are seen in print when it is mirrored back when their truth is mirrored back to them and they are not completely comfortable with that truth mm. oh my goodness me <laughs> it's kind of they're just I mean I've had clients in tears like I didn't say that I didn't do that that's not me and it's like but it is I was there you that's your truth and unfortunately you know it can feel uncomfortable when it's amplified and mirrored back to you so I think I mean the biggest advice that I and kind of these lessons that have come up in the past has then led me to say right you know you need to meet me halfway we are a team it's your energy that I'm amplifying, not my energy Um, so it's about becoming a partnership and working together and you know working with my expertise and their expertise because they're the expert I'm just helping them connect more dots and open up more doors shall we say so I'm very clear with clients now that we need to work together Um, and I normally get a feeling for that very early on if they're going to start to kind of go down the blame game kind of route Mm. but with the other client that is a bit harder to kind of manage because a lot of people they kind of like the idea and then when it's kind of mirrored back to them they either run for the hills and they don't want to do it anymore or they'll so for example I had an example I had someone in a similar situation where she had the read back and she didn't quite like it but I explained to her that, you know, certain people need to hear certain things. So it's not going to be completely as you want it. And you can't be you can't control the outcome with media. Unfortunately, you can lead them as much you can give them as much information. But what they do with that and how they interpret that is based on them and mm-hmm. their kind of knowledge. Um, so, yeah, I've lost my thread, but essentially it's like, OK, if something appears that you don't like the look of kind of what is that saying to you what what wounds do you need to heal why why is this triggering you Mm. and in particular this piece of coverage arrived with one of my clients and she said my clients and my friends think it's terrible and I was like "Mm, it's not terrible but your client and your friends are your not your target audience in this particular instance you're speaking to a totally different circle of people who don't understand what you're doing so we've had to come to their level to commit to get them to move to your level so I think that's the 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 thing that I find is that when you're trying to reach new audiences you kind of need to go to the audience to then bring them into the message that you really want to convey. So it's about being clever in what you're saying, Mm. to draw them in, to inspire them, to share. So, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, it was interesting when that client came back to me, she said, my friends think it's terrible. And the first thing that I thought was your friends aren't very supportive of you. Yeah. So it's kind of, okay. So how are the, how is that good? But um, yeah, some interesting wounds come up and you know where it is. I think people are very, very, I don't, don't appreciate how triggering it can be. Mm. Um, So therefore that's why the nurturing and the supporting kind of comes into play because I feel like I need to, make sure they're completely comfortable and you know the more that they do it the more that they share the more comfortable they are in their message and their truth the -hmm. easier it becomes the more we attract the more the less kind of triggering pieces come up um so you know we had I had a fairy who went on the tv and one of the girls felt very triggered because she they were being trolled basically and the way I see it is trolls are there to um, are either bored or they're being triggered themselves and don't really know what to do with mm. the trigger, if you like. So I do find that interesting. I feel like a troll is triggered, and that's a good thing because it's an element of awakening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how it all plays out in the media.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and triggers are good. <clears throat> they're activations, they're doors into the wounds that are within the self. And the more that we can see our wounds, honor them, acknowledge them, love them. It's like they, they get on board with us as opposed to lingering in the unseen and, and dictating the ship, any, you know, kind of from that awareness piece triggers, yeah. allow us to see what is actually going on in the inside. But I think, you know, when we own our medicine and step into our truth and put it out into the world, I think it brings up every wound we've probably ever had. Cause it's like, oh my God, I'm on stage. Like, you know, maybe you were bullied. As a kid, oh my God, somebody's going to bully me now, or, you know, all the stuff that is held within the wounds, they show up when you put your heart's work out there, you know, it's so different being in a, you know, I'll use myself as an example. When I was an interior designer, that wasn't my soul work. Yeah. So if I was putting it out there and somebody didn't like it, it wasn't gut wrenching or, you know, like you've done something to me because it was just kind of was what I did. But when you're putting like your medicine out there, which is part of who you are, you're yeah. really stepping in that vulnerability, the vulnerable. Yeah, and I get
1: it all the time myself. I mean, I think we were talking about this just before we, we started recording. It's like you are you're learning what you're teaching. And I mean, even me, I, I did a piece with the Daily Mail, which is a really well read newspaper mm-hmm. over here. And it was about my secret, which was basically I could talk to angels and I helped trees and kind of all the things and when I I remember you got I called on the energy of the circle actually when I went for the photo shoot because I it felt so um uncomfortable and there was a part of me that's like is this truth am I speaking truth and it's like no you are of course you are just it's not the truth you've been speaking the last 20 years because that was something else um that this Sarah does this and this Sarah does talk to angels. And it's so, you know, it's totally okay. And we're totally supported. And the feature came out and it was, you know, basically the headline was like, these crazy people have got got married and had a secret from their husband. And mine was that I spoke to angels, pulled cards, read energy, etc. And I was so scared that it was going to alienate me. And it was funny because I saw two of the women, two women on the school run, who had seen it, and they were like, "Wow, you do that? Can you do some Reiki on me, or can I book you in to do angel cards?" Or um, so it was completely unexpected, and actually opened up new doors. So I was reading cards and doing other things and kind of exploring, Mm. you know, my medicine, if you like. And I mean, I think there was only one triggering message that was sent to me and that was by an old contact of mine in my old life and he was almost he was trying to laugh at me a little bit and I just wasn't having any of it and it just again that just felt like that was another healing I needed to overcome it's like well okay you're you weren't a friend then if that's how you know if you think it's hilarious that this is what I'm doing Um, But yeah, it was, it's, it was interesting for me to go through that. So now I can put myself in my client's mm. shoes to help them through it. So yeah. everything happens for a reason. is doesn't, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> There's always the next layer and the next layer oh, that yeah. we go through to guide, uh, to guide those that we serve through their next layer and their next layer. And it, and it is, it's like when we put ourselves out there in that capacity, the witch wound can come up where it wasn't safe for us to stand in our medicine And it's like, the universe just calls us to own it and own it and own it and be like, this is what I came to this earth to to do. This is my mission. This is my purpose. And the more that like we own our truth, it just invites so many others to rise and own their truth. It's like giving each other permission to fully stand in our light, which is just magic. So magic. How do the Akashic records and Reiki, how does that all play into the PR work? Like, is that something that you use with your clients?
1: It is, it is. Um, so with Reiki, I, it's funny cause I can't really describe it. It just kind of come, it just switches on. <laughs> it's kind mm-hmm. of, I'll just sit there and um, So the old way of doing publicity would be to push out press releases Pick up the phone, ring down the list of people that you've sent it to, <clears throat> basically work pretty hard to kind of get a result. But I guess the way that I work with work now is more kind of quantum energy, mm. in that I'll feel into the client and think, okay, so what is it that needs to happen for this client? And I'll get an inkling of okay I need to phone that guy or I'll just check my emails oh there's an email I need to respond to and then the dots kind of align so it's it's that allowing and that trusting and that working with intuition um rather than a process I mean I take conscious and and also like taking conscious action over pushing um so like I can't just sit there and manifest coverage just sitting there um i realize that you have to take conscious action to pitch out these clients and the more conscious action you take the more kind of allowing that those dots to align the more likely you're going to get things coming through and working with their energy and my energy it, it amplifies what we're trying to do there so that's kind of the reiki piece but with the akashic records when i do i do an alchemy session where i sit down with the the client um, before we and and business or whatever and we talk about their past their present and their future because I liken it a little bit to a tarot reading but I was realizing that actually a lot of it is Akashic records related because in our, our past is and these sessions are probably they're 90 minutes and probably an hour of that is spent in the past basically clearing anything that could be holding them back talking through any stories that might come up that feel like they're relevant so I basically allow them to talk for an hour and whatever comes through is needs to be communicated or cleared so and then I can then kind of feel into their akashic and see if there's anything that's further back that could be holding them back around kind of showing up and sharing And then we sort of sit with the present moment where we're at and then kind of the future. But that then also plays into the audiences that they need to reach. So there is an element of a lot of their audience is kind of the past them. So them five years ago or four years ago, three years ago, whatever it may be. So like me three years ago was reading these magazines, was doing these types of things until I woke up or whatever <clears throat> so what did that version of me need to hear from me <laughs> so it's yeah. almost like you're working across the timeline so it's like what does that version of me need to hear in it to connect with you what does the what do my peers or the people that I'm working with need to hear from me now and then the kind of the future is you know what do where does my future self want to be Who are the teachers that I want to attract? Who am I trying to reach with that message? So it's almost like tailoring the messages for each of those timelines, but they're all dimensions of yourself.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It gets a
1: little bit crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of timeline hopping going on. There is.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So I I didn't realize, I didn't fully appreciate that's what I was doing. But when I was taught to read the Akashics, it's like, oh that's what I'm doing I'm in that timeline that's that person then and this is where they're going to be and that's why I can see that and then I connect the dots across that timeline and and it's like yes yeah, it's, it's just pretty epic really a bit out there
0: yeah well, I, love <laughs> I love that in media sense I love that because it's like we speak to past versions of ourselves you know like one of my clients would be maybe me two or three years ago. And so I'm speaking to that version of me, but I'm also speaking to the transformation, which is maybe me right now. And so kind of pulling all those different facets of the self to create your message and to share your story. And I'd imagine like healing goes on in the Akashic records where it's like, it's not safe for me to share my story. It's not safe for me to be seen. It's not safe for people to hear my voice or all of that kind of stuff. So it sounds like very Powerful, potent work to bring into a paradigm that was maybe really toxic masculine is what all very much toxic masculine, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're speaking to the Reiki, it's like we can't just sit back and manifest, we can't just wait for everything to come to us. Like we have to, we go first, and the universe responds like we have to take some action. And what so, what that felt like was that, like union of the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine because we we have that within us and so shifting out of that like hustle hustle culture go 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 into that like intuitive I'm going to act on this because I get this knowing in my body as opposed to I have to do everything otherwise I'm not going to be able to feed my kids or that more like forceful um, giving energy so that really beautiful allowing and flowing and union of the divine masculine and feminine Within, which is such a potent space, it's like when that's when you're in your queen. Thank you for mirroring that back
1: to me. Yeah, that no. Thank you for mirroring that back because you put that really eloquently. It's like, oh, okay, that's what I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's magic (laughs) that I do. do
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's the allowing in the flow. Like, just can you imagine a world where we're all just in flow? and in our intuition and following like what lights us up and our inner guidance like that's the world that we're creating so much so yeah and so with human design does that play into PR work like knowing your human design chart and all that kind of magic it
1: it can help because I think um, I mean, I'm a manifester, not a manifestor. I'm a generator, should I say, which Me I think too. is the hard, I think it's the hardest, um, maybe not, I mean, I think PR and a lot of the coaches that you see out there, all their marketing is designed for manifestors and they are either manifestors or projectors. That's the message that you're getting, which is why it feels like it's like waves mm. of, it's bombarding you energetically because there's so many generators. We're all, I, I, I think, I'm not sure if I got the stat right, but I thought, I believe there's like 70% of the population are generators. So we're not designed to receive information in that way, which is why it's like, oh, please stop. <laughs> but I, I think the way that, you know, if you are a generator, you um, i I feel like pr is for me has always felt more natural because it's somebody else saying that your stuff is good that's pr for me in a nutshell it's like someone else has said your stuff's good i'm going to consider going and look at looking at them and if Mm. they've done it in a gentle way like that then absolutely i'll go and check it out but if someone keeps saying to me go on this retreat do this do this now it turns me off massively energetically it feels very desperate it feels very mm. pushy and it's normally uh, normally echoes the vibration that you're going to m- meet on that course that retreat whatever that thing is so I feel like it's an amplification of energy I don't want in my life Um mm. so that's one thing but with the gen with the generator kind of Message. it's always about it's got to come from that place of it lights me up I'm enjoying this the one thing I love doing is actually helping people connect their dots and I love seeing my clients in the press I love seeing them sharing their medicine because then I've done a good job mm. and I've enabled that to happen and I love watching people connect and play together and work together and that for me is like i I'm happy um and I think also the other thing is that generators need to be invited. And I feel like if they feel like they've been invited, it's up to them whether they're, you know, it's a full body yes or a full body no, because I think we're also sacral decision makers as well. So mm. if it feels good in your body, <clears throat> then you should probably do it. It's yeah. kind of that it's that gut instinct, that intuition, that real kind of your body says yes or no as opposed to anything else
0: so that but that's been
1: a, I mean that's been a real challenge for me to listen to that part of myself because I think we're on I'm on I'm removing the conditioning from kind of school because school was very much about you know you were process driven you were never invited to do anything you had to you know it was kind of even if you didn't feel comfortable with it, you still had to go ahead and do it. And I think that as a grown up now, I'm very conscious of it with my kids as well, because I have a projector who mirrors back everything, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, she's shouting at me. That's me. That's my internal coming out. And she's mirroring that back. I need to get myself in check but then i have another generator my daughter's a, my other daughter's a generator and she needs to be invited to do things otherwise she doesn't do them so it's very interesting to watch that play out in kids but also in a pr situation as well it's uh, yeah so i like yeah. to invite I, I would say inviting is the biggest thing i would suggest with anybody who's maybe wanting to reach bigger audiences cuz generators
0: are your kind of your core core yeah that invitation in as opposed to like you should do this it's like that power over force you know inviting yeah. feels like empowered I'm I'm not trying to steal somebody's power force my stuff on them I'm just inviting them to co-create yeah. with me or or to come in each other's energy as opposed to like forcing you to do it which that never feels good and it's really
1: it's a really subtle um language change as well. I think that's the thing. It's like just being very subtle in your language and tweaking it for sure. Mm. It's just it's funny how it changes the energy or the energetics of what you're sharing.
0: Yeah. I love that your kids, you know your kids' human design. Do you know your husband's as well? Yeah. <laughs> it's a <laughs>
1: manifesting generator. So it's I mean, the thing that's that I found really interesting when I learned about it is I have an open crown and open root. Mm. Um, So I'm in all kinds of trouble. (laughs) Um, And my daughter, my youngest daughter has a closed will. So when I say she's a generator and she has to be invited to do something, if she really doesn't want to do it, we, we have a battle of the wills. And it's really interesting to know that. And I mean, Lucy has an open heart. So if not, if we're not coming from a heart space, she doesn't come from a heart space. So she mm-hmm. reflects it back to us. So it's really, she's like a really good gauge of kind of where energy is at in the house. Um, so if she's level and coming from that heart space, then and it, it becomes harmonious. It's very interesting. And then husband is a manifesting generator and he, his whole all his energy bodies are fixed so he's like a little climber all on his own nothing's open so um yeah he and that's very he can just exist in the corner and doesn't need any of you know <laughs> it's really bizarre but it's it's an interesting one to know the dynamics around the energy but also yeah. I also know all their stuff like we're all we represent earth wind air and fire each of us have um star signs in the different astrological houses so it's quite oh that's neat it's pretty cool complete accident of course
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's neat to know how just the dynamics are all playing together and how you can support one another too and so it's like in human design you know how to work with yourself and support others or even ask how you like to be supported and all that kind of magic just allows for a deeper understanding of the self. Yeah and
1: which is the key is communication I mean the last two years we've been tested like I imagine most people have our you know our little house the four of us rattling around together at longer periods Mm -hmm. of time than we have ever known before that communication and kind of knowing how to talk to each other and address each other with that human design piece and kind of, you know, the masculine, the feminine, all of the things, the communication, it's it sort of, it's helped me to then help my clients. So mm. communication is a big part of that harmony that, you know, being able to talk on and connect on different, on the different levels, should we say?
0: Yeah. yeah those different layers the depth the depth of communication and being able to communicate is so freaking powerful in all aspects of life and so with um your book connecting the dots what is what is the medicine of that book what what is its its magic
1: it's essentially yeah it's the it's how to do pr Mm. Or, how to amplify your story on your terms. It's kind of everything that we've talked about. And it's kind of, it talks about my story and kind of that. I mean, this is another thing that, so I've explored my Myers Briggs. So I'm an INFP. And part of that process for me is I like to mirror back to other people kind of if someone tells me a story and it connects with me and I understand it, it helps me to then play it back so my book is a lot of me talking about my experiences and playing it back so that the readers can go oh okay so that's how it played out for me and then the actions you can take to kind of get you through or, or take the next step or whatever but my book is essentially my alchemy session mm. in a book um, with kind of tips and tricks if you if you want to reach out to media, if that's what you're feeling inclined to do. or you know you can use a lot of the techniques for reaching out to communities or podcasts or you know, s- circles. how I mean it's not just media. it's kind of I feel like it's becoming bigger than that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, beautiful.
0: It's like getting your your soul work, your medicine out there and how to how to do that and amplify your voice. So that the yeah. right people hear your message, which yeah. is so so beautiful. How does Mary Magdalene support you on your path? So Mary came through
1: when we we joined, uh, when we saw each other in Avalon. She was very pre- present there, and she's always been that sisterhood of the rose. That that Magdalene energy has always been very present through kind of the female communities that I'm building and um supporting um pulling together the retreats that I've worked on ever since we kind of met all those years ago so it's that circle that kind of the the thing that came up for me in my kashix was I've been part of Mary's circle and I was always part of that I was one of those community builders and that was kind of my role and I'm kind of playing that out in this this lifetime um so yeah it's uh, quite exciting I was quite excited to get that kind of feedback (laughs) yeah but um, yeah she came through and was like you're you're you know you've always been there you've always been the one that kind of made everyone laugh and bring people together and just do it in a way that feels natural rather than forced. Um, So, yeah,
0: I love that the soul work feels like it's natural. You know, sometimes it's like I'm seriously getting paid for for doing this. That's what soul work can feel like, like it's so natural and flowing and it doesn't have to be forced. So that, yeah, that called forward with your past lives. Do you have a favorite one that you've um, come in contact with? One,
1: I mean, one that's come up for me, There was, two, there's two actually. So there was one that played out when we were in Avalon again, but it was actually when we were um, at Avebury, the stone circle, and um, I'd been shown, it was kind of after my Reiki attunement and then being in, Av- in Avebury, it just kind of flicked this, remembering of being on a spaceship bringing the stones to earth and being part of kind of the creation of the the bringers it was the original bringers of the light Mm -hmm. and being being part of that uh, the crew and being given a ring that was uh, shaped like a triangle and you pressed the triangle and it kind of emitted the light and I remember being at Avebury and just walking into the circle and just seeing the lights like big kind of searchlights going into the sky and it just felt really kind of whoa and i haven't seen it since i've been back a couple of times but that past life has not shown itself again but the the other past life that came up was atlantis and being part of kind of being shown that i was around a a round table being part of kind of this group of architects who were essentially putting I'm not sure what we were doing but we had this big map of the world and we were assigning people and crystals we were just, just we were creating this massive grid as atlantis was going falling and we were kind of just we were the last ones kind of standing and then obviously we Atlantis happened, but there was like 12 of us and I've been shown that there's this architect's role that has kind of playing out again with this, the connecting of the dots piece. But it just, yeah, it was, that was quite powerful. And like it was like Aquaman, the Atlantis, how it all looks. It's like, oh, wow, okay. I got huge, like remembering watching that film. So, yeah,
0: it was bizarre. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Don't know if
1: I explain it very well. <laughs> but, yeah, it's some madness. It's been some madness.
0: Some madness. And, and Avery, for those that aren't familiar with Avery, it's a stone circle similar to Stonehenge, but Avery feels much more feminine and softer. Massively feminine. Yeah. And so in this past life, it was spaceships that were bringing the rocks?
1: Yeah, it felt like yeah. Sirius or something like that it was like a star seed collective bringing the light that's how they were trying to anchor the light like actually physically trying to capture it and bring it because earth needed light Mm, and I I think that. that this is what's happening now with the mass awakening and people being more conscious that's what light looks like and I think it's that whole like well we expect it to look like this but this is actually you know it's the it's the surprise element that um, yeah <laughs> that we weren't expecting like yeah yeah how it plays out
0: yeah it was like mystics and sages were talking about 2020 forever you know this big thing that was going to happen never would have I imagined it would be what it was you know <laughs> we knew something was coming but just not I just didn't see it looking like it, it has and that's the magic of the but planet I saw,
1: and, and like you were saying it's like what I saw like a year ago you know like the trade s- center collapsed I saw like media kind of crumb but I, I saw the tower collapse thing and it's like okay well I expected like you know bombs whatever but it's just how the, how it's all collapsing now. And there's a, an uprising happening and truth is kind of coming through and the light is coming through. And yeah. it's really interesting seeing that happen. It's like it's imploding on a visualisation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating and it, it's exciting and it's wild this time on the earth. And it's like, we chose to come here to be leaders yeah. of the light and, and to carry that forward. Do you remember we saw that? Do you remember that light at the tour? The last time when we were in Avalon, the space. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're bringing the light, bringing the light for sure. Mm, I love that. What's been your biggest lesson along the path?
1: My biggest lesson is um, I'm still learning. It is to trust. Mm that yeah the minute I start moving myself into push mode it can always end up it always ends up wrong or badly or yeah the minute I try and control anything it Mm. in fact it's actually the it's funny the more I try to control stuff the worse it gets so
0: it's better to just
1: trust (laughs) just let it let it flow
0: (laughs) yes it feels like that coming back to like being in the hustle culture, that was all about control and certainty, and I have to do and go. And it's like, no, just trust, just let it flow, which is a huge shift of programming that we're breaking Massive. free from. But I love that. It's like if we do try to control, we usually just make it worse. So, yeah, as well, just trust and surrender. Easier said than done. That feels so like.
1: easier. Easier said than done.
0: <sighs> yes. 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 Powerful lesson. How do you experience the mysteries? The mysteries. What kind of mysteries? Anything. Like, I feel like we've already spoken to it, but it's like everything's a mystery on the planet. Yeah. And so it's like when we tap into this mystery that is all around us, you know, like Merlin's a mystery, Mary Magdalene, we're a mystery, you know, like we just sit here and beat and we don't do anything or, you know. It's
1: so interesting because it's actually a lot of my clients show me things that then lead me to going and exploring them even more. And for example, I'm working with a, a an author in Australia, and she is um, she talks about this right wrong thinking, and she talks about fractals and how there are pa- how the earth needs to move to more of a pattern-based thinking and that's basically what's happening at the moment and she was talking about how and I mean she's one client that's shown me this but I also had a swami a yoga swami who also basically said everything's an illusion and every time and then someone else said to me recently, she said the pit stop in hell is, is optional. You don't have to sit in hell. If you don't want to, you can make a choice. Everything is an illusion. You do not need to be in more pet. You don't need to put yourself in that place of pain unnecessarily. And for me, that was so powerful. And I guess that whole, everything's an illusion, we are in the matrix kind of we can create our own reality there is an element of that just makes my mind like my tiny mind blow because it's like oh okay so actually we're in an illusion here and like what you know how can we create a life that feels joyful and buzzing and magical well yeah we're creators of our own prison often um, and i realized that you know you can just step out of that prison at any point in time i think that for me that was the mystery and and i guess the thing as well it's like working with these guides and working with angels and um goddesses and kind of them I, I i guess they're kind of aspects of ourselves and our personality but also like working with on um, the yogi kind of end of the spectrum everybody's saying a similar sort of thing Mm. it's just you know what you choose to believe and whether you're esoteric or you know sitting on a mountain chanting and waiting for that awakening I feel like the thing that I come back to every single time is that we came here for a human experience so it's about being grounded but also allowing ourselves to experience that magic and there's magic in every single moment if we
0: just look for it I guess. Yes. Did that make sense? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) It's like seeing everything that's around us because so often we're just blinders on going through the, in our own hamster wheel, you know, going through the motions and our own suffering. And it's like, okay, just look, like, look, it's all a mystery. You know, there's so much magic all around us. So yeah. yeah, no, I love that. So
1: powerful when you actually realize that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: you have to remind yourself that
0: all again, that's time. that programming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's not one and done. You're just open to the mystery all the time. We have to, yeah, I had it this morning. I was like, I just asking for a sign from God. And then I saw an Eagle and I was like, there's my mystery. There's my magic right there, you know, but, and then last question, how do you root into the self?
1: Oh, I root into the self through. Um, so I also got, it also was shared with me that my aura actually goes into the ground. So I need, I need to be in the ground quite a lot. I do need to have feet on grass as much as possible, hug in trees. Mm. Um, so I, I do a visualization of being a tree. <laughs> and yeah. um, that's a big part. And, so for example a couple of weeks back I the family were ill and I felt my energy body leave me. It was sat next to me for quite a lot of the day which was quite annoying because I was being mum as well. So I was like had to go outside it's like calling all the earth guys can you help me get myself back into my body? So I had to you know root myself back in again. Um and that was pretty powerful but I asked for help from the elementals and the elves popped up my god um so yeah I had a few kind of some real help there but it just reminds me that I need to be out in the in nature a lot more and what I've started to also do is I've got I went a bit mad and bought loads of house plants so there's plants everywhere in the house um
0: Mm, yeah
1: just connecting with earth as much as possible um is my main kind of rooting in practice and and breathing as well because i think sometimes i need to kind of clear that stuff to bring myself back in again.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's like the earth grounds us and roots us into our body, you know, yeah, so that we can sure. be here and fully present. Oh, i love that. Anything else you want to add to this beautiful rich conversation, love, before we close?
1: I don't think so. No, i think i just want to bring more play to mm kind of what i'm doing and i think in the past i think i think it's been what i do is perceived as quite scary and quite um yeah just people don't touch it with a barge pole because they've always they've been burnt by it but Mm -hmm. i want to encourage people to be more playful and have more fun with it and actually not and, and and actually know that they're not going to get stoned because it's not like that anymore i feel like there's some real we can have real fun with it if we allow um but yeah other than that i, I don't that. have you know this is coming from the women i got my bif i got bifocals um the <laughs> other day and the same day i picked up some roller skates because i my inner child needed a treat so
0: um, oh, that's
1: fun. i want to try and move more i feel like that's another thing it's like movement is is key at shifting all this stuff and i think I feel like another message that I keep getting is our nervous systems really need that kind of love that mm. we haven't really had. So I think, feel like that's a big thing for me as well to work on that. I, I haven't got that. anything else to add to that.
0: <laughs> the roller skates, all the play and wonder and awe and like having fun with life. not taking yeah. everything so seriously all the time.
1: Yeah. I feel like we've been doing that far too long.
0: Yeah. Yeah time to break free from it Mm, I love that thank you so much love and it'll be in the show notes where everybody can reach out to Sarah and experience her magic and her books and all that well mother wake up isn't out yet but it'll be out
1: hopefully September-ish time dependent on how it all
0: falls that's not long that's not long so that's exciting yes okay thank you so much love and it's so beautiful to walk this path with you thank you Thank you so much for joining me for an episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast. Please like, share, download, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. And I will see you next week for another episode on the Phoenix Rising podcast. Sending so much love.